0: And now, brought to you by Ligaris Roasters, the coffee alchemists behind Gut Check Blend Espresso. www.ligarisroasters.com Coming to you live, and by that we mean recorded in advance, from warm and sunny West Tennessee, it's the Gut Check Podcast, with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zach Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Happy
1: Ram Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in the Arnold Kluck smoking room. Uh, by my good friend and partner in radio, Zachary Bartles. who's and, uh, making an
0: enormous mess, yeah, the floor unbelievable of the smoking room, who's
1: surrounded by ash,
0: like a little boy, you're like a toddler Best smoking cigars, yeah, yeah which is, exactly. Which is a funny, which is a funny
1: mental image. It yeah. really is, yeah, yeah. Baby, why? <laughs> ah, this is why did I have the happy rant on my mind? Why did I start the show in that fashion? I think it might be a discovery we made on interwebs. Yeah, let me let me uh, let me just say this. Let me take a moment to. Think about how cool it is that we have that we have creative products out there. You and me, we have books, we have podcasts, and that other people, other entities whom we've never met, want to make ancillary creative products based on us, like t-shirts and coffee mugs. And want is a strong um, word, but yeah. want, uh, yeah, like thought of. Well, no, thought of is a strong word. Uh, <laughs> at any rate. Uh, I excitedly shared with you recently that Missional Wear oh, has a Gut Check Army T-shirt that they've put together. It looks very nice. It's a very handsome Peter T-shirt. Peter
0: Voth is who's the master of all things graphic in the world today.
1: Yeah, I got to meet this guy. You're high on this, this Peter Voth. Dude,
0: he's amazing. He's yeah. like everything Crossway's doing, everything everybody's doing. This guy's the he's the, the guy. center of it. He's the yeah. guy
1: behind the guy behind Holy the guy. Holy cow! Here. So anyway, Peter Voth, Peter Voth. Peter Voth made this incredible. Uh, gut check army t-shirt and you a moment ago went online and tried to find it well, and asked um,
0: how you knew about it and you yeah. said someone just told you about it
1: someone yeah someone like emailed me a link like directly to the shirt so i just popped it open i'm like ah oh, cool and uh that was the end of it but but you tried to find it in conventional ways on the uh, missional aware website
0: i was looking for maybe an announcement they'd made on mm-hmm. twitter yeah, and what I instead found was I found it <laughs> on its its actual page. Yeah, amidst the collection of which it is a part. Okay, and, and what collection is that? It's big? called the Gut Check Pot. No, wait, that's not it. Uh, mm. It was on a page. It was on a page called Happy Rant Podcast, <laughs> in the midst of other Happy Rant products.
1: As as though the the Gut Check Army T shirt was like a like a nephew of like a of the, A
0: ne- it was, nephew.
1: <laughs> it was like the shirt nephew
0: of. of all the happy rant gear, and uh, by the way, like Ted's house, yeah, his new house is like essentially just furnished with happy rant stuff,
1: yeah. <laughs> Every all the all the all the dinnerware, flatware, <laughs> you know. so
0: much happy rant stuff here. Did they send you like all that stuff? They sent me a huge box, yeah, a huge I- free box of happy rant gear. Um, He's just turning on the fan. That's why he sounds like he's getting it far away, because it is thick in here. It's thick with smoke. It is. We're going to pop the door ideas. open.
1: Yeah, thick with ideas, thick with enthusiasm.
0: Thick with... Thick with... Um, confusion, confusion as to Confusion why.
1: vis-a-vis <laughs> the the shirt situation, the missional wear situation. So, missional wear, if you're listening, and
0: I... How... how scale of 1 to 10, likelihood of missional wear listening. Um, I would put it very low, but likelihood of uh, maybe some of our listeners, like poking them yeah Just A little poke pretty high pretty
1: high so mission aware or members of the gut check army um, what would it take to get us our own page so that we don't so that the gut check podcast doesn't feel like the the, the nephew in a, in a swag sense of the <laughs> happy Ramp podcast who do I have to yeah ask if you will ask around here to yeah. get, to, to, get a, to get our own dedicated page. Uh, also, let mission Aware know that you would like some other products with the gut check logo
0: and and you can you can really back up yeah that statement by buying the t-shirt that's it in yeah, one you of the really 13, colors. you can really underscore the statement
1: yeah yeah they do have a lot of colors as you look at those colors baby what uh what color could you see yourself rocking in that well, t-shirt?
0: I, I like the green that they default to because it looks military and it's a it's the army
1: it looks kind of like the color that John McClane's wife beater turned into <laughs> and like the <laughs> The final third of Die Hard.
0: It's you called know, McLean Green. It's called
1: McLean Green, exactly. I um,
0: or I like I like dark orange type T shirts. Uh huh. I like brown T shirts yeah. with the lighter writing on them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna get a few. I think yeah. I, I wouldn't mind if one showed up in the mail. That'd be nice. But I'll it? buy them. I don't even care. Sure. Absolutely. If, it, if that's what it takes to get the gut check page up, I'll, I'll buy. How I'll product? Agree. So you you
1: mentioned that like my entire home was furnished with Happy Rant swag. I want to get to the point where every article of clothing I wear is, is, uh, is branded clothing from my own projects. Nice. So, gut check t-shirts, happy rant t-shirts. I want jeans. <laughs> Mission wear Jeff, I don't know if you're listening. If you do jeans, um, we, we should talk. You know, let's talk about a jean brand. Um, I want to I'm turn... Gut check denim. Yeah, in, in five years, I don't see us doing books or podcasts at all. I see us just running a clothing line. Mostly jeans. Mostly jeans, <laughs> exactly. Maybe we, some shirts, but denim shirts. <laughs> denim shirts, absolutely. Denim on denim.
0: I remember those days, by the way. Denim shirts. I do, I remember denim shirts. Where, I was wearing at of vis-a-vis denim. the denim shirt? I was wearing them regularly. I can see that. Khakis, yeah. denim shirt. Sometimes, though... The denim shirt was open to reveal the t-shirt beneath. Very 90s. Very, very, very 90s. very, 90s. And what was the t-shirt beneath, if you don't mind me asking? Oh,
1: a Christian a t-shirt
0: kind. of some kind, for sure. Oh, really? Like yeah. Lord's Gym kind of thing? No, no. I, I was I was doing the really... That was an 80s one. I was yeah. doing like the... Uh, I remember the one that I wore a lot. It was yeah. kind of a maroonish color. Okay. And it's, it looked like an eye chart. Okay. And then it had one letter, then two, and yeah, then yeah. it got smaller and smaller. And uh, it was kind of blurry. Remember that blurry font when yeah. that was new? And it said... <laughs> Messiah. Okay. Which now I look at pictures of me wearing that and think, am I claiming to be the Messiah? Yeah, exactly. But I got it at yeah, a family yeah. Christian store, so There you go, okay. there you go.
1: Yeah, I never really felt entirely comfortable in the denim shirt. Really? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I tried it a couple times, um, and it never really took for
0: me. Was it like hard to find one that just fit over your frame, or? That was part of it, yeah, that was part that of it. Because that doesn't have any give to it. It doesn't denim. have
1: give, and it was always a little snug through certain areas, and yeah. Uh, uh-huh. You know what I did, though? This is a sad thing that I think I revealed to you a while ago on the program. Um, When I was in my real big, like, college football, I lift weights phase, did I tell you what I did with my shirts? I did. You did? Yeah, I did. I I revealed this. Say it again, though, Ted. I would cut the sleeves out of, like, a flannel or a denim shirt and wear it over a (laughs) t-shirt. Wear it over, like, a tight t-shirt. Subtext: I lift weights.
0: Wait a minute. So the the I didn't I didn't picture this properly. Mm-hmm. The the sleeve of the t shirt would be was going intact. would, go down, would go down beneath the oh. cutoff. Yeah, I was seeing you somehow with a sleeve a sleeveless t shirt too. So you're walking around with your shoulders exposed. No, no. So the the the, the shoulder was cut
1: out of the denim shirt. Let's uh-huh. say, and then I would have a fully intact t shirt on beneath that, but it was always really tight. Uh, so it was really okay. like kind of bicep uh, extenuating extenu- ex- is the word
0: I'm looking for. Good with my words. <laughs> extenuating, 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 whatever. extenuating circumstances. Ex- Dude, yeah. that was your nickname, actually. That's right. They, they, they called him Old Ted. Extenuating circumstances, Cluck.
1: You know the T-shirt I was proudest of in that phase. What's that? This is sad. Stop me if I've revealed this to you before. Maybe I have. It was black, and it had the word "power" written backwards. <laughs>
0: Such that when you look into a mirror, it hasn't written forwards. Which, to me, the subtext there is like, Jocks couldn't like flip it in their mind. Yeah. But. That wasn't the subtext to me. I'm in, sure it wasn't. 1995. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I wouldn't have dared to suggest that to you yeah. in 95, I'm mm-hmm. sure. But uh, so you would look into the mirror with your, your dead yeah. Garfield eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And be like, huh, power. Yeah. Exactly. It was just like, you were power? Like. Or I was power.
1: I was I was the personification of, of the word power, written backwards nice. on my black T shirt. I still assert though, and I, I sense that there's some doubt in you. I still assert that we would have been friends.
0: I like to think so too. I, I I can't know what you were like. Yeah, but if you say that you you underneath it all, yeah, you had the same kind of fun loving, uh, friendly kind of. I did with my friends. I was less outgoing back then. Like I was only like this with a couple of people. Okay, but you would have been
1: one of those people. I'm, I'm
0: fairly confident of that. You know what I like to think about once in a while? What? There's a decent chance, there's, a, there's a almost 100% chance you and I were in the same room a number of times. Um, oh, when? Well, like at chapel and stuff when I was visiting my oh, sister. you yeah, used to visit your sister. She overlapped with you at Taylor. Yes, that's right. And, and undoubtedly also, well, maybe not with your, your wife because...
1: I think she overlapped actually more with my wife than with me. Yeah, I guess she's so. a couple years older,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. She and Bill were like in the same grade or... I don't
1: know. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. My,
0: my, my sister and her husband uh-huh. actually were classmates of Ted and his wife. Yeah. And uh, so that means probably, I mean, there's a, a good chance um, you I would have been laid a eyes room, on you. Like in I, the cafeteria? Yeah. yeah.
1: Isn't that a funny thought? Yeah, it's a funny... You would have seen me walking
0: around in like my, you know, my ripped out sleeve shirts probably going, look at this
1: a-hole.
0: Right. And you, and you would have seen me in my, uh, my Messiah t-shirt and been like, who's this kid who thinks he's the Messiah? Exactly. What's he doing here? Exactly.
1: Exactly. Ah, but if only we could have talked, you know? We could have started Gut Check Radio like in 1998. If I have any regrets in my yeah. life at all, is <laughs> exactly. that we didn't get talking back then and start Gut Check Radio. How could we have gotten talking? That's the thing though. What 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 would the scenario have been like? You see You're a Taylor visiting Jen, I'm a Taylor as a student. Big you're,
0: you're not yet probably yeah. um with Kristen. KK, yeah. Uh, I don't so see. So
1: huge neck, big dead Garfield eyes.
0: I see it like this, man. Yeah. I'm like How up, does it go down? I'm in the cafeteria, right? Yeah. yeah. There was a little ice cream machine there. Mhm. I go up to get some ice cream. Yeah. I see that you're putting uh, a particular topping on. Okay. I'm waiting for that topping and I say, yeah. "You know, that's that's my heavy favorite." Cream? <laughs> heavy, as I say, like, yes. "Yeah, give yeah. me a heavy. What's the Hey, what's the heavy cream <laughs> situation here?" And then yeah, we mix it all in together and and uh, just we just get talking. We start chatting sprinkles up the or yeah. What would have been the impetus though? Like, would there have been something
1: like on my person that you would have commented on? Or would there have been something on your person that I would have
0: commented on? I might have been like, hey, I noticed you have Dead Garfield eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that. You know, explain that a little bit more. Or or you might have said, I don't know, were we in the same bands at all at that time? I mean, like. Do you know? Nirvana.
1: We we could have had a Nirvana conversation.
0: See back then Would you have ever I wanted to Nirvana distance myself. No. no. I wanted to distance myself from like the grunge grunge people yeah. who wore who wore that kind of, even though I did like their songs. Mm-hmm. Um In fact I was I was telling you a couple days ago I wanted to go like all I wanted to do was sit and smoke cigars and listen to Nirvana. Yeah. Um
1: Which we should do some of that after we finish heck recording the program. Yes. Yeah. We should just sit in here and listen and chat. Are you okay, baby? Yeah, open I opened a, a bit. yeah, to open door. Open the, the door. door. Yeah. It's good radio.
0: <laughs> this is the sound Hans of me booby. again struggling to open the you got to
1: flip the little thing up and then and then slide it. There, there you we go. go. You can I open a little bit more if you want, even. Well, I'm empowering get, you to do that. I don't want to get too cold. No, no. we got, we that, got space heaters, though.
0: That Tennessee winter in yeah. was just two days long. And those are the two days that I'm those here. Those are the two days that you're here, <laughs> yeah.
1: The harshest winter we've had in a decade is coinciding with your visit. Um, I don't know. I would like to think that there would have been some sort of... Uh, catalyst to us talking back then. Ted,
0: I'd like you to write a kind of uh, retcon, revisionist... A revisionist
1: history of sh- our relationship. A real short story for the, for the Gut Check Guide to Everything. Yeah, absolutely, I'm on it. I'm in doing which, it as soon as we get done recording.
0: So that so people can see how
1: it might have gone. We're going to listen to Nirvana, I'm going to write that. That yeah. sounds amazing. Absolutely, that's, that's the dynamic of the group. Um, nevertheless, we did meet each other in real life and now we're doing this. We're hosting a great program um, and we're writing great books for Gut Check Press. One of which is... Uh, a rapture novel sequel called "Re-Raptured Again," and Zach, let me let me give you let me give the listeners a little bit of the history of this project. So, uh, a few years ago, we wrote a rapture novel called "Re-Raptured." It's a satire, kind of a send up of uh, the Left Behind series and those sorts of products. And uh, we had so much fun with it. Um, we created all these characters. We created a fictional professional football league. We created a messiah figure, um, an antichrist figure. They happen to be the same person. And he wears
0: um, a T-shirt that says Messiah.
1: Yeah, but it's spelled backwards. So the, when he looks in the mirror, ah, uh, you see what I did? It all came together. I brought all the jokes together. Is what I did.
0: <laughs> that's a really satisfying I love doing feeling. That. Yeah, oh, it's a great feeling. Uh, in fact, in just like a regular conversation, mm-hmm. if near the as it's nearing its end, if you can loop back in the first thing, that's Dude, you know, always the best. You know, who's always impressed when I do that? Who's that? My students. Yeah, because I don't think millennials like work that way. You know what I mean?
1: Okay, I look at a conversation as a as a. Or a lecture or whatever is like seeing how many like connections I can make so that I bring the whole thing like to land at the end. You're you're painting a picture. I'm painting a picture and it's cohesive. It's cohesive. I don't think they think like that. Uh huh. So whenever I do it, they're always really
0: like kind of excited. They're like, wow. Yeah. This guy actually thinks about what he says and then he says it and it, it all clicks together. Yeah, it's funny, man. It's funny.
1: Baby, I was talking about Re Raptured though and Re Raptured again and how much fun we're having writing a sequel. To the first rapture novel, and one thing that I would like to have happen this weekend, while you're here during like the winter of Tennessee's discontent, <laughs> is um, is for us to to break some more ground on the sequel. Sounds so, good to me, man. We're yeah. in Gut Check Literacy Month, in which we're giving you chapters of the sequel, but we're not yet finished with it. We're probably about halfway into this thing. So, if
0: you, if you think that sounds brave. You're it is right. brave, yeah. It is brave. If you and think I, we should we're brave, kind
1: of progressive, forward-thinking writers for doing it that way, then you you would be correct in that.
0: If you think the word brave though is a little bit weak for what we're doing, mm-hmm. you're also right. But, but yeah. we, we haven't. The the right word doesn't exist.
1: Right. If you if you think that the right word doesn't exist, you would also be
0: correct.
1: <laughs> if you think that you would like us to start reading the chapter now and and stop. <laughs> Kind of introing it. Um, you would be correct in that, too, because that's where we're at. Yeah, um, and we're going to
0: read two. We got we're one gonna of Ted's and one of mine, yeah.
1: And I have in my hand, Zach, um, I have a device, a very special device. Oh, it's a
0: beautiful device.
1: It dates back to about 2004. I'm I'm thousand Yep, yep. So what I've got in my hand is... Oop, the thing, the thing went away. The, it's the, up here. The, the chapter uh. went away. Um, what I have in my hand is a device called the Palm Tungsten. And if you've never used a Palm Pilot um it means that you probably weren't around as an adult in the early 2000s yeah this feels nice
0: ted did you have a palm pilot i did yeah really i wish you still had it i did yeah but you don't have i don't it. have it anymore yeah it's okay. long gone yeah i have no idea what happened to. if it. you find it in a box and you're if like we oh, could sync up our palms oh, that would be a that'd be amazing. incredible as a company dude this poem i still do everything on if people don't know that yeah on the way here i was djing our trip in the car
1: from Would the Palm. yeah I be off
0: there. Yeah. I, uh, you know, the GPS is on there. Everything's still in the Palm.
1: Amazing, baby. Amazing. You've really maximized. I, I feel like we should get a Palm sponsorship for the program. Are they still around as a company? Answer no, me that. They were okay. sold
0: about nine times. And now okay. if you go... This is interesting. If you go to palm. This isn't interesting. Never mind. No, tell me. What, what happens if you go to Palm? If you go to palm.com, it says coming soon. It has the Palm logo. Yeah. But it's been like that for like four years. The okay. first time I yeah. saw it, I got all tingly inside. Mm-hmm. And then I realized... Somebody bought the name, and they're not doing anything with it. So is what
1: you're feeling at this point, like the realization setting in that nothing's coming? Nothing's
0: soon. coming. Yeah, it's it's yeah. over, except that's yeah. all right, because I can just hang on to this one yep. forever. And Ted, you know what's really exciting to me? Mm-hmm. A friend of mine... Well, you okay, man? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Ted just was trying to light his cigar. I had and a complicated
1: actually, lighting situation here with my, with my cigars. He actually lit his thumb. Yeah, yeah I lit happened. my
0: thumb, as it turns out. But I'm okay. <laughs> um, what was I saying? I don't know. Something about the palm. Oh, no. A friend of mine has a... Um, a new blackberry like blackberry did get like rebooted so it still exists blackberry and it's still exists big tall phone with a yeah. touchscreen and then at the bottom is a little keyboard ooh and yeah. i saw the thing and i was like oh i have i have mm-hmm. to have that mm-hmm. i want that so there you, go. you know palm may not be around but yeah. there's other ways for me to scratch that edge. so prefer.
1: i have the palm tungsten in my hands and uh, i'm going to be reading a chapter that we like to call chapter 2 because <laughs> it's the second chapter and it's called i'm a visionary here we go Lewis Ironsides, ah, dang it! I hit the top button. Oh, is this what I hit? Now it's now it's collapsing in on itself. Yeah, it
0: gets smaller. It's complicated it technology. Yeah, ends.
1: yeah. This is called Chapter Two. I'm a visionary. <laughs> Lewis Ironsides became a LaHay Armament stockholder seven years ago when the aforementioned company purchased a majority stake <laughs> in a then upstart conference series called Together for the Gospel, or T4G. <laughs> Since the time, the conference has undergone many changes, the most significant of which is the move to Lincoln, Nebraska's Memorial Stadium, which holds upwards of 95,000 people. Two years ago, conference organizers did away with all of the content, realizing that what most conferees really wanted to do was simply be in the same room, as it were, with many of their Reformation heroes, with the opportunity to take photos with them and then upload those photos to social media. (laughs) Starting last year, the conference simply consisted of Kevin DeYoung, Al Mohler, David Platt, Lecrae, and Matt Chandler sitting on a dais on the 50-yard line, while 95,000 people filled the stadium and took selfies with them, which selfies were then uploaded and shared via a giant LaHaye Armaments mobile router made from a (laughs) repurposed Sherman tank. Because of the logistics of moving all these people through for selfies... The conference has been extended to three consecutive weekends, which is good for the bottom line.
0: It's good for Lincoln, Nebraska. That's right.
1: Everybody wins. Ironsides, never missing an opportunity, soon became involved. He secured the exclusive red Wing boot and flannel shirt (laughs) vendor contract for the conference, while Jim Townsend is the exclusive beard oil provider. Together, the two men have grossed over $8.2 million, seed money, ...for their Settlers of Nebraska LLC project.
0: You thought that was gone. You were wrong. (laughs) Exactly.
1: And by seed money, I mean actual money for the (laughs) seeds... (laughs) ...that will be planted in the actual ground and later harvested. (laughs) Ironsides, like 50 Cent, has become something of a legend in evangelical circles... (laughs) ...for his ability to absorb machine gun fire and not die. It seems like being addled with military-grade bullets those years ago simply sharpened his focus and made him stronger. (laughs) It's as though all of those clean, violent movies he viewed had, in some ways, prepared him for that moment. (laughs) He hopes all of the hours he's logged playing Settlers of Catan have prepared him in a similar way to take over dominion of the state of Nebraska. In the green room, all of the A-list reform celebrities check their phones. This, Ironsides thinks, is his opportunity. (laughs) In order to look the part, he is wearing his own pair of Red Wing boots, a pair of dark wash slim-fit jeans, and a thick beard. Ironsides is unaware that this is a hipster fashion statement, however, as he thinks that finally America is embracing the farm ethos of (laughs) Nebraska. (laughs) He takes this as a good sign. (laughs) They are in the bowels of Lincoln Memorial Stadium. Above him, he can hear the sounds of 95,000 people checking their phones and not speaking to one another. It is truly breathtaking. (laughs) Gentlemen, he says, trying to get their attention. He clears his throat. throat) One of the celebrities looks up momentarily. I need your expertise. I have a business proposition for all of you. The men finally look at Ironsides, of whom they're aware, but who they treat with a kind of C-list patronization. (laughs) They look at him earnestly and say things like, thank you so much for coming, as though he isn't their peer. This fills him with a rage that he is too savvy to show. (laughs) Men, I'm in the process of recolonizing Nebraska for us, for conservatives, and for our many, many children, he
0: says.
1: (laughs) Here is my plan. He produces the board game, the cardboard corners of which are now worn and tattered. Clearly, he has logged many hours of play, which of course he doesn't call play. Families are flocking to my state looking for a wholesome place to raise their 11 kids, (laughs) far from the maddening influence of drugs, sexuality, and public education. (laughs) We're resettling this state, and we're going to get back to the elemental things of being a hardworking American citizen. The men listened now in rapt attention. And by elemental, I mean rock, fire, grain, and water. <laughs> men, we're going to reclaim this state. I realize that my celebrity, one of the men snickers, can only take us so far. <laughs> I need a face person, a front man. Also, we need this. He dramatically removes a medical-looking box from his attaché, yeah, yeah. on the sides of which are written the words, Ultragest. Oh, yes. Men, I give you Ultragest, he says dramatically. <laughs> How would you like to turn your eight kids into eleven kids in less than a year and a half? He has their full attention. The men reach for the box, but Ironside stops them. First, I need somebody to help me with all this paperwork. He drops several large folders onto a table. They land with a thud. Administrative work isn't my strong suit. I'm a visionary. Page break. Duke Morrison is wearing his dress sweatpants. A pair of Nike Elite Denver Value sweats that he received gratis from the values equipment manager, even though he hasn't coached there in three years. What is ironic, and his wife would verify the irony of this, is the fact that Morrison is rich, but now because he's famous, people send him stuff for free. He spends very little money. He's still on the phone. Timmy, you there? Can you hear me? The Starbucks on 3rd Avenue? I hate this, Morrison says. Hate what, Van Shrimpy replies. Nothing, Morrison says. I was thinking of something else. (laughs) He can see Van Shrimpy through the window of the Starbucks. Van Shrimpy is wearing the same pair of sweats. Awkward. (laughs) They were a gift from Morrison. When Van Shrimpy sees him, he waves somewhat gaily. Morrison (laughs) flushes with embarrassment. He enters the Starbucks. Duke, Van Shrimpy shouts. He makes a big thing of getting up out of his chair and walking across the Starbucks to bro-hug Duke. (laughs) He wants to notice people noticing them, but fails to realize that he's in New York, where it's like a big deal to act like you're not noticing anybody. (laughs) Anyway, nobody notices. (laughs) How's the book coming, Tim? Duke asks as he settles into an overstuffed overstuffed sofa with a bacon apple scone he paid $17 for. Money is no object for Duke Morrison. (laughs) Van Shrimpy starts talking about his publisher, Charisma Press, and his new book, tentatively titled, What Happens When You Don't Get Whisked Up Into the Sky, colon, Meditations on the Rest of Your Life. <laughs> he's complaining about his publisher, but in such a way that it's obvious that he's still really happy to have a publisher and be writing books. He stops, mid-sentence. Duke, I just don't know, he says, shaking his head and putting down his vanilla spice latte. During the rapture stuff a few years ago, I just... I just had a battle to fight. I needed that. I needed that energy. It got me out of bed in the morning. That and my motorized titanium knees. (laughs) If you listen closely anytime you're in a quiet room with Van Trimpe, you can hear the gentle hum of electricity flowing through his titanium (laughs) knee components. (laughs) Duke leans in excitedly. I know what you mean, Timmy. He growls. I just want to dream again. (laughs) Nothing gets me excited. I mean, I haven't coached in years. I miss the battle. I miss being part of a team. Even my leisure time. I don't look forward to anything. <laughs> I don't look forward to movies. I think I was in a really dark place when I wrote this. I can kind of relate to it. His voice tails off as he stares off into the distance. Duke is a loyal white mocha man. Even those don't get him excited anymore. Remember when you beat me up and restrained me with athletic tape under your desk? Van Trimpy asks wistfully. A skinny Brooklynite with gigantic blue glasses sipping coffee out of a mason jar looks up from his MacBook and raises an eyebrow. (laughs) Not so loud, Timmy, Duke says, waving a meaty hand in a way that suggests calm down. That sounds like a gay thing. (laughs) Remember where we are. But yeah, I remember. He smiles. Morrison reached out via email shortly after the beating and the non-rapture. He felt he felt bad, but he also realized that after coaching and stuff ended, he didn't have any guy friends. <laughs> they started. <laughs> so-
0: it just is.
1: <laughs> the thought of Duke Morrison, who's like the ultimate guy, not having any guy friends.
0: <laughs> Using the term "guy friends," you know, great.
1: <laughs> They started texting. Van Shrimpy uses a carrier called Republic Wireless, so the texts aren't super reliable. (laughs) The two have been meeting for coffee weekly for about a year, which is how Van Shrimpy came by the officially licensed value sweats. Support for Van Shrimpy's television show dwindled after the non-rapture, such that he had to sell his compound in Colorado Springs to megachurch pastor Stephen Furtick, (laughs) who changed the compound into a giant CrossFit gym and t-shirt emporium. (laughs) Van Shrimpy paid off his considerable rapture-related debts. Use of a helicopter isn't free, nor was all the clandestine retrofitting he did to Dynex Lifeway Stadium. (laughs) Used his remaining money to purchase stock in the medical startup Ultragest, which created a pill intended to shorten the fetal gestation period for pregnant women to six months. Sales have been brisk in the neo-reformed crowd. Morrison owns a considerable amount of stock in Ultragest, too given that he has waited a long time to start a family and time is, in his words, a wasting. (laughs) Morrison, using a secret bank account, meaning an account that Kate doesn't know about, rented Van Shrimpy a small efficiency apartment in Queens. (laughs) Van Shrimpy rides the train into Manhattan each morning for his part-time job at a different Starbucks. (laughs) Part-time because it leaves him plenty of time to write and the health insurance. He imagines a romantic, artistic life, The life of a writer holed up in his small but stylish New York garret. But he wonders why his life doesn't exactly feel that way. It feels, rather, like the life of an old man who spends most of his days on a train and then goes home and watches Friends reruns on Netflix. (laughs) Van Shrimpy produces a paper. It's a copy of the Omaha-en, which strikes him as an exceedingly awkward newspaper name, (laughs) nearly impossible to say aloud. Duke, have you been following this stuff in Nebraska?
0: Nice. Dude, I have the clearest memory. <laughs> yeah, of you and I and our and our families at uh, the lake house uh-huh. out on the. We were sitting on a boat because mm-hmm. it was a way to get out of the sun but still be outside. Mm-hmm. Coming up with ultra jest mm, and yeah. laughing so stinking hard.
1: I remember you <laughs> writing the words "ultra jest" in a in a notebook. That was years ago. Yeah, it was absolutely.
0: Uh, should we do another one? We, sure. We we'll do another chapter. We've kind of, uh, you know, we've teased it. We haven't, we haven't delivered. So here we go. Yeah. So this one is chapter three. So this is all unironic then. Uh, nice. Father Vincent Romero wipes his brow with the back of his work glove. Vince. Vince. <laughs> he hates this. The overalls, the sweating, the outdoors, <laughs> the farming implement, a scythe. <laughs> that he is whacking rhythmically against the sad row of wilting plants at his feet. Hold on, i got to ash my cigar here. Yeah, yeah. He hates all of it. And so he daydreams about the city, about life before his new father-in-law all but forced him to relocate to Nebraska, about the $2,500 espresso machine in the rectory of St. Caesar Chavez Episcopal <laughs> Church, an Anglican community.
1: Dude, I love that name. <laughs> the fact that it probably exists somewhere makes it funnier. <laughs>
0: How he misses the fair trade beans and the frothed organic milk. Here, they only have Sanka, purchased in 30-gallon drums and carefully rationed.
1: Vince should have planted a sojourn church.
0: <laughs> Dude, he's actually on the, uh, the Ronnie Martin diet right now. He just doesn't realize it. Um, what he wouldn't give for a cup of the good stuff. Even a Starbucks latte would be heavenly. The automated movement of the security camera turning back in his direction, gears grinding, pulls him from his pleasant thoughts. He resumes whacking at the ground. It's been one heck of a roller coaster ride these past three years. When Reverend Lewis Ironsides had consented to his daughter Carol Ann marrying a priest, if <laughs> you wonder what that sound is, it's it's, it's Ted sort of whacking at his uh, and his torso. Is, yeah. <laughs> um, when Reverend Louis Ironsides had consented to his daughter Caroline marrying a priest, it had seemed like divine intervention, as though God himself or herself, sometimes Vincent still used the awkward pronoun God self, had changed Ironsides' mind, if God needed, if God indeed su- does such things. But then their wedding present had come, a quote, share in ten acres of prime, soon to be sovereign Nebraska land, and on it, a tiny house which had been erected by an architect two years earlier the architect had lived there for literally 12 hours before selling the land and glorified shed to ironsides and moving back to wilmington father vince who had once done a nine-part lecture series on quote simple living jumped at the opportunity only to find that living in a 400 square foot structure with a woman who never stops talking is a living nightmare from which there is no escape With this horrible realization came several others in quick succession. First, it was revealed that Reverend Ironsides expects Vincent, he always calls him Vincent, to work the land at least 10 hours a day. Father Vince, who, being allergic to literally every variety of domestic grass, had never even mowed a lawn in his 36 years, suddenly found himself farming 60 hours a week, which he enjoyed for maybe three days before it got really monotonous. (laughs) Vince is more the guy who puts the No Farms No food" sticker on his Volvo and less the guy who actually does the farming, he thinks. (laughs) Another great disappointment, he hates to admit, even to himself, was his wife, Carol Ann. He had been so infatuated her when they first met on, he's not supposed to utter the word, but our day, that he overlooked a lot of things about her. All the tasers, bullets, grenades, etc. lighting up that night had filled him with a daring spirit he usually does not possess. They were wed in a wonderfully ironic hipster service, seriously, everyone had a beard, two weeks later and moved into the tiny house a month after that. And that's about when Vince realized he had read his wife all wrong. For example, Carol Ann's wedding jumper had not been an ironic statement on the repressed fundamentalism of Denver evangelicals. It had been a treasured family heirloom. She still wears it almost every day. And that's pretty much a metaphor for everything in the super earnest world of the Ironsides family, which often seems more like a corporation than an actual family. He's even heard Carol Ann's father refer to them as the Ironsides LLC. (laughs) Which brings up another troubling discovery. Vincent's new Simple living existence is actually a cog in a very cult-like endeavor to colonize the state of Nebraska with only reformed-leaning evangelicals and eventually secede from the United States. He found this out the hard way when his vegetable garden failed to meet quota and a very mean young man named Tad, clad in khaki pants, somehow bearing both Dockers and Carhartt logos, (laughs) had berated him for nearly an hour. Tad had a glorious Viking beard, but Vince could tell it was unironic. That was just the first of many unpleasant encounters with Tad, who seemed to be some sort of underboss in the Nebraska Endeavor and also seemed to be singling out Vince for dressings down. But just when Vince was considering seeking an annulment and heading back to Denver, everything changed. Mm. It started when Ironsides gave him three pairs of Red Wing work boots for free, He had himself gotten them for free from Jim Thompson, a Red Wing rep. Father Vince had always wanted a pair, but could never quite justify the purchase. Now he has three. Then he noticed a shift in the sort of people moving into the many new tiny houses popping up all around the field. More and more, they were hipsters seeking a communal life of simplicity. Reverend Ironsides clearly could not tell the difference, but it meant everything to Vince, who quickly became their de facto leader. The fact that he was a priest, yet both married and pro-gay marriage, made him something of a hero. They all got really serious looks on their faces when he said things like, Spiritual but not religious or speaking into the space Before long he was leading guided meditation in the barn every morning at dawn before the slopping of the pigs Which he also turned into a contemplative exercise and when he learned that his two (laughs) closest neighbors had large trust funds The group abandoned farming altogether and started scheduling regular deliveries of organic vegetables when Ironsides and Tad were busy elsewhere, of course For almost a year life was good Vince grew his own beard, much to Reverend Arnside's delight, and effectively lived as the leader of a counter cult within the larger Nebraska slash Catan enterprise. He was happy. His father in law was happy. Vince was even invited to play a round of settlers with the Nebraska Leadership Council, which he sort of enjoyed, despite Tad playing three smallpox cards against him. And then the roller coaster came back down, as all roller coasters eventually do. Someone high up got suspicious of their bumper crops and installed the cameras. Tad explained that New Nebraska would be completely surveilled through closed-circuit TV and that this was just the beta test, but it meant that they had to spend hours out in the field again, at least pretending to farm. Recently, there had been late-night talks among the siblinghood of peace and equality – that's what Father Vincent's followers called themselves – about leaving this place and buying some land in Vermont. But Vince has never been much for taking chances or confrontation, of which there would inevitably be plenty. Mm. From the door of their tiny house, Carol Ann waves, grinning. She was, she has, (laughs) she has appliqued yet another flower onto the jumper. The smell of cooking pot roast turns Vince's vegan stomach, as (laughs) does the sound of yet another Gaither homecoming video, an ever-present soundtrack to their lives. He can't take much more of this. He wishes someone would yank the Band-Aid off for him and get him out of here. Perhaps his old bishop will track him down and offer him a new assignment in the gentrified neighborhood. Or maybe he'll slip and fall into the harvester and become fertilizer for the crops. Both are appealing in their own way.
1: Dark thoughts. (laughs) Poor Vince.
0: (laughs) Poor (laughs) Vince, man. As if on cue, Vince's phone rings in his pocket. He drops the farming implement and answers it. Hello? It is I. Vince feels his face go white That accent Josh? I mean, Rabbi Pastor? It's so good to hear your voice You can call me Josh For now And it's good to talk to you too How's married life treating you? (laughs) It's great, Vince lies How are things with you? Exciting I'm in (laughs) New York City Got myself a little apartment in the basement of a tattoo parlor Slash hookah lounge
1: Nice
0: Jealousy fills Vince's chest like poison gas. Sounds cool. Yeah, it is. How's my old friend Louis Ironsides coming along? I haven't seen him since, you know, that night. He's well, I guess. I don't see him very much. Let me get to the point. I was calling to see if you might want to join me here in the Big Apple. I've got a really exciting startup going, and I could use a guy like you. But it sounds like you guys are pretty happy there in Nebraska, so what kind of startup? Let's just say it's big. World-changing, even. I need at least 20 people on my launch team. I can't give you too many details without a commitment from you, and frankly, it's not the sort of thing Reverend Ironsides would approve of. I really don't want to mess up your relationship with him. This is legit, though, right? Not like, you know, before? (laughs) <laughs> the young priest still has nightmares about Van Trimpe slamming him into the wall and knocking him out cold with a brick.
1: Vince had a rough time the last time. Yeah, yeah. P- Vince is always on the yeah.
0: receiving end, you know. No, not like last time, Josh chuckles. I'm over all that. This is like the opposite of that. <laughs> hmm. Your timing is actually pretty good here, Josh. I've been thinking about a change. Let me sleep on it. Call me tomorrow. Sounds good, Vince. I've got to go anyway. There's a slam poetry event upstairs I want to attend. Talk to you tomorrow. Okay, bye. Vince pockets the phone and fights the urge to swing the long blade of the scythe at the whirring security camera. He needs to talk to the sibling hood. Altogether, there are 11 men and 10 women, just what Josh said he needs for the startup. And even if that goes nowhere, which he frankly thinks is pretty likely, they'd still be out of here and in New York City. But if something did come of it, whatever it was, he really wouldn't mind getting under Ironside's skin. And one thing's for sure. When and if he goes, he's bringing those three pairs of red wings with him. Section break. Josh sets his phone down on the desk, which takes up a good quarter of the studio apartment. He can't believe he pays more than two grand a month for this place. Let me see him, he orders Darby, grabbing at the laptop. Grainy footage of Vince scratching his head and staring at a feeble crop fills the screen. Yes, that's right, Vince. Moll it over. Feel your discontent. You don't want to live there. You want to come work for me. You want to bring men like Ironsides to their knees. I hacked into the video feed just like you wanted, Darby says. Can I go now? His wrists and ankles are shackled to a heavy chain, which is bolted to the floor. I swear, I won't tell the cops or anything. No, not yet, Josh says. Give me a few more days to replace you. Then you can go back to working at Radio Shack and plinking around with computers in your basement. Darby frowns. They closed my Radio Shack last year. Good. See? You've got nothing better to do than help me. And I said I was sorry about your head. How about I run to Panera for you? What can I get you? Section break. Carol Ann is on the phone when Vince comes in for dinner. He knows it's Ironside on the other end because she says daddy like every other word. Mm. She's thanking him profusely for something. Vince lays down on their couch, which is also their kitchen counter. Ah. Every- <laughs> Everything ah. serves at least two purposes in a tiny house <laughs> until she hangs up. His mind is racing with thoughts of New York, poetry slams, tattoo parlors, and soy lattes. I've got great news, honey, she chirps. Daddy's given his blessing for us to consummate our marriage. <laughs> Vince doesn't remember sitting up, but is suddenly on the edge of his seat. He has? That's right. He says it's time for us to start a family. Isn't that great? The room is spinning, but Father Vince can still make out the words on the bottle in his wife's hand. Ultra jest. Nice.
1: (laughs) Nice.
0: What's the next chapter, baby? It's uh, chapter four, a bedroom full of secrets.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Folks, that is Gut Check Literacy Month and that has been two chapters of Re-Raptured Again. It's back. We're back to work. We're back to our roots as writers and as book publishers. And we will have more product for you next time.